0: Keep being you and treat yourself to some Conair Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens.
2: It's Little Big Town Week on the Bobbycast.
3: So this is Kimberly Schlappman, which by the way, if you're just coming across this, we had Jimmy on Friday, which we just did like four days ago. He was the final one. But we have all the members of Little Big Town telling their story, which is really cool. Over the years, uh, this is from 2018. So this is Kimberly Schlappman. She has the blonde hair, the really curly blonde hair. So, this is interesting because she talks about her love for cooking, which she came and I was living in a different house at the time, but she brought over cookies. Remember that? Yeah. Only a few people have ever brought gifts, and they're almost not bringing gifts because they're on the podcast. They're bringing gifts because they're coming to my house. Which is weird when you think about it. Which is, well, yes. If they were bringing gifts to the podcast, that would feel weird. But if someone comes and is like a guest at your house, I don't think that's that weird to bring a gift. I just forget that the aspect of it is that they're coming to your house yes. to do the interview. Mm-hmm. Me too. So I'm like, oh, she brought cookies to be interviewed. But no, she knew she was coming to the house. Other people who have done that, I think Morgan Wade may have brought something. Laney I don't know. Trisha Yearwood Trisha brought. Trisha brought all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think she brought a chef. It did a whole flambe. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what a flambe is. <laughs> um, so Kimberly talks about her love for cooking, the TV show, her faith wardrobe family, she shares her journey with adoption, how she had her baby unexpectedly while on tour, and how the group struggled for many years before their first big hit with Boondocks. This is another version of the Little Big Town story that's all the same, just from a different set of eyeballs. From 2018, here's our BobbyCast with Kimberly Schlapman from Little Big Town. Little Big Town Week on the BobbyCast. All right, welcome to uh, another episode of the BobbyCast. This is the first time we've used the studio. So this table... Is much shorter than I'm. I don't ever sit this close to anyone. Oh. No, well. I never have. I don't mean that like in a good or bad <laughs> way. But it's kind. Of, so Kimberly Schlattman's here, and I can t- I can reach out and touch you.
4: Yes, you can. And, here.
3: And in the past, yes. In the past, we've had these big recliners. Oh. Which looked sloppy, so we wanted to change it up. But mm-hmm. I didn't know we'd be able to, you know, reach out and give each other high fives, Mike D. <laughs> so how are you good?
4: I'm great. I'm so happy to do this. I've been looking forward been to it. We've been trying
3: to work this out for a while.
4: Yeah, I yeah, know.
3: But I'm, I'm gone. You're gone. I know. We are it, two
4: traveling fiends.
3: Yeah, you guys go hard. We go hard. When yeah. do you not go hard? Because you, <laughs> oh, no. you guys are reminiscent. Like, I see you guys on the roads because I follow you guys on Instagram. And I feel like I know everybody from Instagram. Mm-hmm, me too. And I feel like you and I are friends over Instagram. Yes, we are. There's this, But there's this like weird part of life where you can... We don't have each other's text,
4: mm-hmm, but, but we, I needed it on the way over here because I was seven minutes late. And you're all right. Killing you're me. good.
3: It, it, it was nothing. Travis is terrible over here. Yes, it is. But we don't. So there's like three levels. There's email.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There's Insta Story friends, and then there's text. <laughs> and so we'll actually send messages on Insta Story. <laughs> yes. So we're at that level. So
4: by the end of this, though, let's just trade phone numbers. Sure. i will nev- late again, I, I want to never tell text you
3: in my life. I don't bother people. <laughs> what did you bring over over to the house? Some kind of food.
4: I brought you Schlapp Happy Bars. What's Those, that? My husband's name is Steve, but so is my late husband, so I don't call my current husband Steve because that would be weird to be married. It is already weird. I'm married to Steve's. So the second Steve I call Schlapp because our last name is Schlappman. So there. Starbucks once made this bar that he was crazy about. And they quit making it, and he loved it so much that I decided I would figure it out for myself. So
3: they discontinued it. Yes, <laughs> but
4: I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out, and um, I call them slap Happy Bars because they make him very happy. So I brought you a plate of well, them. Well, I
3: appreciate that. And I
4: know you don't eat much of that, but just indulge. I just got do down me a to
3: one fifty today. lightest to I'm. Six, you do look. You I'm look. Six. Well, you know this too. Whenever thin. you get on TV,
4: mm-hmm. it
3: you do look bigger.
4: Listen. One time, I was at my sister's church down in Georgia, and this lady walked up and she goes, "Oh, honey, you look a whole lot bigger on TV." <laughs>
3: <laughs> how are, How do you cook so much, but you're so skinny?
4: I'm just careful. I eat like I I already ate a slap happy bar at my house when I cut them, but um, but then I won't. I'll be, just be careful the rest of the day. I just take it like day by day. But if I, if I go to my mama's house and have biscuits and gravy, which I'm not going to turn down, then for the next day or two, I'll be just real strict. I think it's just about moderation. I really do. Because I, I do indulge. But then I'll restrain.
3: When I waited tables, though, I got to say, I didn't eat a lot of the food that I was serving.
4: Yeah, I waited tables here, too.
3: You waited tables here? Mm-hmm.
4: In Brentwood at a little cafe called Maggie's Cafe. It's not open anymore.
3: What was, the, what was your job like there? When you waited tables, what'd you do?
4: I just served. I took um, the orders and took it back to the kitchen and handed it in and then took it to the table. Was and that early up. in
3: your natural life? Oh,
4: yeah. It was when I first got here. Yeah. It was a little tiny little lunch cafe. It was just lunch only in Brentwood.
3: And so what would you do? You work in the daytime and then sing at night? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I was working in the daytime and then Karen and I would hang out at night and dream and brainstorm and figure out. We knew we wanted to do something together. I know you talked to Karen through all this on her podcast, but we, w- we knew we wanted to do something together, but we just didn't know what, and for months and months and months, we, we tried to figure it out, and we'd just hang out together all the time.
3: And you guys went to school together? Mm-hmm. And you were friends through school, Yep, moved to Nashville, and mm-hmm. still stayed friends.
4: Oh, yeah. We met in college, and we were in the, um, at Sanford University in Birmingham. They have this incredible a cappella choir, and so we literally met on the bus going to choir camp. She was sitting in front of me, I was behind her and we struck up a conversation because we were both from Georgia and I mean I I remember that vividly. I remember the seats and everything and her face and her long Amy Grant hair <laughs> which she had back then. <laughs> and I just remember the conversation and and striking up a friendship that has lasted a very very decades, very long time. Then individually we both moved here to Nashville. She came first.
3: Oh, you guys didn't move at the same time.:
4: No. Mm-mm. No, because we never did talk about doing anything in country music together until both of us got here, because we were all just always just really good friends. We had so we had already at that point experienced so much fun stuff together. and so we just kept in touch and we would just say, it first started with, you know, we're both here in town. let's go to lunch. Let's
3: just catch up. Did you guys ever consider just being a duo? A female duo was that a thing? Even I mean, the Judds,
4: the Judds and the Chicks were really hot at that time, so we didn't want to do an all-girl thing, and that's why we thought, let's let's put a male, at least one male, let's hook up with some, you know, guy and start singing, and then, and then somewhere along the way, we decided, well, if we had two guys, then we could do even better harmony. Um, so at first, we were singing with Jimmy for. Many
3: months, so is you, Karen and Jimmy mm-hmm. right,
4: and then first of all, it took when Karen and I finally were like, "Hey, let's just do a mixed group." It took us probably a year to even start singing with Jimmy just to figure it out, and then it took us many, many more months to find Philip, and then finally, in I think it was late not it was the fall of nineteen ninety eight when we first sang together in my living room and that was the beginning.
3: So, but even those guys, like they probably came to town looking to do their own thing, yeah, right? Yeah,
4: we all did. Karen was going to do country music. I was going to do country music, our own thing. Yeah, Philip, Jimmy, everybody was just going to chase their own dream.
3: Is there a bit of an ego drop to go, okay, now I'm part of a group? I didn't come as a band. And now we're a band. It's like a relationship almost where there's a lot of compromise that then goes in.
4: Yeah, but I don't I don't think it was an ego thing at all. I think it we were so excited about the idea. Um and we had all been in groups before. Well, Karen and I had, Jimmy had, and Philip had sung with his family a lot at his mom's um country music theater in Arkansas. So we had all, you know, had that experience and we loved being in groups. So, it you know, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a compromise or anything
3: is there a code with you guys because you're all of you guys are notoriously super nice like always to me at least i don't know how you are to everybody else but you are super kind and you've been kind to me even when people weren't kind to me when i came to town Mm -hmm. and i was the guy that was trouble or the guy that was different you guys were always so nice to me and i'll always be thankful because you were nice to me when other people weren't but i wonder is there some kind of secret code in the band where you have to be nicer to, and then when you get away, you're just mean to everybody. But are you? Is that is that like written somewhere that you guys really try to be kind to everybody?
4: No, it's like not over, written anywhere. I feel like that's just how we were raised. We were just raised on some good southern roots to treat people well.
3: But all four you know? of you guys, it's hard. Usually, there's a turd in there somewhere. <laughs> and I, I've been able to be friends with Philip a bit outside yeah. of the the music world. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Philip and his wife. And so. And he's the quietest
4: mm-hmm. of
3: all four of you guys. And yeah, sometimes. Well, whenever you guys come in and do okay, you yeah. know, uh, publicity okay. things. Mm-hmm. He, he usually doesn't say much. Mm-hmm. And he's who I've probably become socially the friendliest. Rat. Right. And he's super nice. And he's the least nice because he doesn't talk as much. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you guys have always been super, super kind since the very beginning. And I just, if that was like, because our show, you know, we have rules on the show radio show. I wonder if you guys had a rule like okay, even if you're feeling bad, you got the rule is you have to be nice and if you're not nice you get fined $1,000.
4: <laughs> That's hilarious. Nothing like no, that. No, no nothing like that. I feel like um I I feel like the reason maybe that you would say we're all nice still is because of our journey because it wasn't handed to us on a silver platter. We worked so very very hard and we are very very grateful for what we've been given and know that any day, you know, it could, it could go away but i think that that appreciation just help, keeps us grounded and helps us remember that you know remember what the other way was like and 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 just just you know my my parents taught me to treat people well and to be good to everybody and you know you never know what somebody else is going through even if they're you know ugly or mean you never know why they might be ugly and mean you don't know what's going on at home so just be sweet to them
3: i feel like a bit and maybe more than a bit but keith urban's like that too mm. because mm-hmm. i'll talk to keith even outside of the world of, mm-hmm. of whatever we're in and keith's always super kind to everyone very but I'll, I'll talk to him and you know keith went through a lot of drug issues and, yeah. we, and we talk about, we will talk about that because my my mom died of you know drugs in her 40s and i was around that mm-hmm. my whole life. And so I think he's been a little more open with me about that. Mm-hmm. And he'll talk about not even remembering yours and being rude. And
4: mm-hmm. he, I,
3: I think now he appreciates. Yeah. And so that makes him kind. Of, and I hope that's what makes me nice yeah. because I get it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys are just, you're, you're. and I have only have like three plaques. I have that <gasps> one up Look there that there. you guys gave me. Yeah. Aww. And I don't keep plaques. I normally don't even take plaques. But that one, I have that one and then. It's, it's a, a girl crush plaque. Yeah. That's before it even sold all of it. Like that's way, but then Lori, <laughs> that, the whole group, Lori. Sweet, they Lori,
4: Liz, and Hillary. They
3: all, they did a handwritten lyric and gave it to me. It was really kind of them.
4: Sweet,
0: Yeah, wow. I have it in my room. Oh, I love them. It was really Those cool. I love junkies.
3: Little Big Town
2: Week on the BobbyCast.
0: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep
1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's Little Big Town
3: Week on The Bobbycast. So you're a mom twice now. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have a baby, baby. Yeah, I have a one-year-old. Whenever you came in, you were like, "Hey, was, you know, your girlfriend." I was like, "I haven't had a girlfriend in like six months." And you said, <laughs> "Well," you for, said, "Forgive me, I've had, a, I've, had a, I've had a baby." Oh my
4: goodness, that little angel face. She, she, she. You know, she requires a lot of time. <laughs> and I don't. I feel like I really have felt the last six months like I'm struggling socially to keep up with what is happening in this world.
3: It's so weird how I feel like I know things about. It. The social media does it, but yeah. I know I, I watch your daughter and your husband's karate taekwondo oh my goodness they just got their black belts no, i saw that and it's and oddly i'm, <gasps> I'm proud of them
4: oh I i've can't only wait to ever tell met them once listen i told daisy i was coming to see you today and she said oh i love bobby bones when i tell her that you know she got her black belt she's gonna feel like the I, biggest kid in the no, world i was on
3: instagram and i was like <laughs> and then i watched uh, after she finished a singing recital oh, and i watched her sing yes. yeah all that that's why i feel like i know you i think we all feel a bit like yeah, we, we know each other we more do. than we do yeah So, how old is she? She's 10. And then you have a one-year-old. Dolly is
4: one. She's 16 months.
3: So, you've done it before. Mm -hmm. So, is it harder the second time?
4: Yeah, because it's a decade later. (laughs) Mama's older. (laughs) Yeah, it's... it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's harder physically. But, oh my word. It's just the sweetest thing. I, I mean, it's the best the best part of my life is being a mama.
3: You look forward to going home?
4: I love it. They go with me on the road, though. I don't leave them. I rarely ever have to leave them at home. Um, But yeah, I love If I've been working all day in town and I walk in the door and Daisy's like, Mommy! And Dolly starts running toward me, there's nothing better.
3: Amy, my co-host, adopted two children. I know. And it was a five-year process for the kids to get here and... You know, it was obviously a whole different situation, but I feel like in a third-hand way, I know what it's like Mm -hmm. to at least be close to someone who goes through the process. Yeah. And so how long were you in the adoption process?
4: Well, um, Daisy started praying for a baby when she was five years old. She wanted a baby brother or sister. She didn't care what. She just wanted a baby brother or sister. So we were trying to have another baby very hard. We did everything, you know, under the sun, medically that we could do and so then we decided well maybe god that's not in his will maybe he just wants us to adopt a baby because i've always wanted to adopt a child so we started the process um and they told us it would be 18 months at least we'd wait 18 months and we were like oh that's a big bummer but okay because we were doing it domestically um and lo and behold it happened about four months later Wow, we got really? a call about Dolly. It just happened. It just, you know, it was just this fluke thing that happened. And someone called and said, there's a baby girl. Are you interested? And we said, yes, yes. But here's the great thing. Um, that was in um, January of 2017. And Daisy had asked Santa Claus for a baby that year. And we got her. When,
3: whenever she asked, did you know?
4: Mm-mm, no, no. And my husband and I were like, "Oh, baby, you can ask Santa, but oh, you yeah. know, Santa really, he really doesn't have control over that. So, you know, I mean, he probably talks to Jesus, so you can have him, you know, put in a good word. But, <laughs> but I don't think Santa can do that. And even when she sat on Santa's lap, he said, "Oh,
3: oh, wow! She even asked mm, Santa. She sat on his impressed? lap and wow. asked him."
4: And and before she got up there, I was like, babe, you know, he probably, I don't know what he's going to say to this, because I don't know if Santa can, even Santa can do this. And so she said, um, I want it, I, the only thing I want this Christmas is a baby. And I know you might not can do it, but if you talk to Jesus, would you tell him that I want a baby? And that's what we got.
3: So whenever you told her, did you tell her at Christmas?
4: Okay, I got a text on my phone and said... There's a baby. Are you interested? And we were um, out of town. We were she, myself, and my husband were all sitting on the bed together, very late at night. And when I read that text, it took my breath, and I went, "Oh!" And, and of course, Daisy's like, "What? What? 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 What is it? What is it?" So I turned my phone so that she and my husband could see it, and oh, she burst into tears and started jumping up, jumping up and down on the bed saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, jumping up, crying. And my husband and I are like, baby, hey, we don't know if this is our baby. We don't know. We don't know. And she was going, I believe it is. I believe. I believe. And she was really so emotional. And it it was just one of the most beautiful visions I still have. It'll last me my whole life, just her on that little bed, jumping up and down crying because she knew that was her baby.
3: That's crazy. I know. It's crazy that she asked Santa.
4: She did. She wanted it so bad. And now she's the best little mother. She loves that baby to pieces. Yeah.
3: Well, congratulations. That's awesome. How important is faith to you?
4: Most important. Yeah? Yeah. It's most important. Um, I just, I have a very strong faith. I grew up that way. My parents raised me that way. And I just believe that my whole life is... Because of God and what He's given me, and I've been incredibly blessed, and I've been through a lot of hardship also, and um, but what He's given me now, I could have never, never even dreamed, or I've never could have even dreamed up, both business wise and personal, mostly, really. What kind of what kind
3: of church did you grow up in?
4: Southern Baptist. So
3: did I. Yeah. Now were you guys a non-dancing? Because we weren't. They let us dance.
4: a stance that we were a non-drinking one though oh really you only down there if you were a southern baptist the only way you could drink is if you were in the closet <laughs> you had to hide it in your closet you you know nobody drank
3: and maybe i was just a kid and my parents didn't go to church with me uh-huh. so i don't know but i went to an arkansas southern baptist church mm-hmm. and it was pretty free yeah. considering what a lot of we go we to church camp uh-huh and they would be hardcore. Were, I mean, there were kids that couldn't dance. It was like Footloose.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go yeah. to church
3: camp, and there yeah. were other kids that were, that were in Footloose. Um, and they couldn't dance. They thought it was so crazy that we were. No, we danced. Did you mm-hmm. have – because we would go at – I was in a very small town. Like, Me too. How big was your town?
4: Oh, I don't even know. I, I really don't even know. I still don't know. It was – we had one high school in our whole county, and there's about – in our my class, my graduation class, there's like One fifty.
3: Oh, okay. Well, mine was like 40.
4: Oh, yours was smaller.
3: Probably the same type of area.
4: Yeah, yeah. Very but, rural. Yeah. Not as rural anymore.
3: Is your town, are they super Kimberly Schlappmann's from here?
4: <laughs> this is embarrassing. But like three years ago, they had Kimberly Schlappmann Day on my birthday. Really? <laughs> it was a whole big <laughs> that extravaganza. Like and yeah. That- it was sweet. Really sweet and precious. And that year, that... Day we announced a scholarship that we do now every year down there to someone in the high school, Isn't which that cool? is really cool. Yeah,
3: that's been the coolest part of any sort of success that I've been able to have. One, they put up a, a sign. My when you drive into my town, I didn't put it up. I've seen it, yeah, it on says Instagram. Boyhood home of Bobby Bones. I've Bob. seen it. it. Boyhood home? Yeah. Right. I Boy, love it. Boyhood home.
1: Boyhood. Home. <laughs> All hood well, home. They're proud of you. you. Yeah. No, so and
3: funny. I'm I'm proud of my hometown, and I didn't know they were gonna put that sign up. But I started a scholarship at my school too, and oh, every year cool. I I'd give it to a senior. Yeah. And I was driving in, and Amy, my co host, and my girlfriend at the time, we were driving, and I had no idea. And it was raining, and I was like, what did that sign say? <gasps> you didn't know it was there? I had no idea. Oh, it was no. really one of the coolest moments. And I don't, I have a bad problem with taking in cool things. Uh-huh. Like I really I, it's hard for me to appreciate awesome moments because I feel like they're they're fleeting. Oh. And so hmm. yeah, it's a whole therapy thing.
4: Yeah, I, I, I was it, gonna go there, but I didn't want to no, but, go But I want. know, I know why. Because that because you were disappointed in your young life. So And I, so that's what you expect.
3: Always. Yep. But I really took that and I'm like, man, although my town is seven hundred it says seven hundred and seventy seven people. Aww. That's the coolest thing. That's is so they have a, cool. a son. And listeners will go and they will drive for hours and take a picture with the sign. It's I, unbelievable. That's what
4: I think I've seen. I think I've seen a listener with the sign.
3: Uh, I that's don't know. Awesome. The thing. I don't even know why people like the show. Or like, I really don't. Like, I say it on the air. Like, I'm confused as to why there's such passion for the show. Like, I get Amy. Everybody loves Amy.
4: Well, of course, she's a little angel. But I think, first of all, it's very entertaining, and secondly, you give people an inside look at Nashville. I'm they not feel, fishing,
3: by the way. This is I'm not fishing. No, for I know. No, I'm no. just.
4: I, that's this is really what I believe. I believe that you give people such an insight in the city of Nashville and the workings of country music that they don't get anywhere else. You're like the live mm. social media. Well, now You're now, than I'm, social now media.
3: I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to change the subject here for a minute. <laughs> you talk about the little big town struggles. Yeah. What was the the moment where you guys thought I don't know if we can do this anymore?
4: Well, we never collectively thought that or at least we never collectively said it out loud. Um I feel like we we had a few very very low points. One was after we lost our second record deal from Sony. And then one was when my husband died, and, and nothing was going well for us at that point. We had written and recorded boondocks, and so we had that in our back pocket, and it, and it was it was actually about to come out right around the time that he died. Um, and we were already signed to Equity Records, which was that little independent label that sold over a million records for us. Um, but that was a very low moment. Karen told me, much, much later, that she thought the band was probably over at that point. Not that anybody wanted it to be, but they didn't know that I would want to continue. Um, so we never ever said, this isn't going to work together, at least. In my head, after he died, I, I, I was just so numb. I, I didn't want to really do anything. But I, I showed up, you know, we went on the road a few weeks later on the radio tour for Boondocks.
3: Wow, really? Yeah. Do you remember that?
4: Mm-hmm. I remember moments of that. I remember really, really super sad moments of that. And then I remember a couple of highs, you know. I remember the first time we heard on the radio. That was really super cool because we'd been struggling for, at that point, six years. We'd been a band six years and so many struggles. And so when we heard it live for the first time, that was just amazing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do you think all four of you guys remember that, hearing it for the first mm-hmm.
4: time? Yep. We were in a car together, and that was after Steve had died, and we heard that, and we just, oh, we celebrated. That's the, probably the first celebration or a moment that we had to celebrate after his death, you know? That was the first happy moment together.
3: How high did this song elevate you guys as a band? Meaning, did your guarantees go up? Did you make more money? Were you starting to get t- award show bookings because of this song?
4: We started making money, period. When yeah. I mean, this song came out, yeah. we had Prior to that, we had told CAA to just book us for enough money to rent a van and pay for the gas and stop at McDonald's. That's all we needed. So there was no money coming in because, well, anything that did come in went back out because of the expenses. It's very expensive to tour, whether you're in a minivan or you're in... Ten buses, you know, it's super expensive. It's all relative. But um, at that point, we were just barely, sometimes we'd make $500. And that was enough to rent a van and gas and food. Um, So, yes, after Boondocks hit, you know, the money went up a little bit. The invites went up a lot. Really? And and the credibility went up a lot um, because people, they just so connected with that song and it became their anthem, and it changed everything for us.
3: How so? What was the quickest thing that it changed?
4: Um, Probably our spirits. Really? Yes. Our spirits were kind of broken and wounded, and yeah, now we had something that people actually believed in us, and you know how that is. That's, that's worth more than anything when someone who believes in you and invites you to... Come do shows. I'll tell you, this is so funny. We pulled up in a parking lot in, I think it was Lexington, Kentucky. We pulled up in a parking lot one night to sing. This was right when boondocks had come out. And the parking lot was crammed full of people. And it was just the four of us in this van. And we looked around like, who are we opening up for? Who is this? Who's here tonight? We, we genuinely wondered who was here that we were opening up for. And we found out it was for us. And that moment was like, holy cow, these people came to see us. This is amazing. Um, and that night, they asked for an encore. So we played all the songs we knew. And they wanted an encore, so we played Boondocks again because we didn't have any more songs.
3: <laughs> that's funny. So and we had I bet to play they it again. Sang it and loved it. They loved even it better the second time.
4: Yes, they loved it. I
3: fa- I love the end of the song, like I line That's my you know, favorite part. That's and so are all four of you guys on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all going over the top. Yep. What do you call Phillip that? Starts around around. Philip starts
4: it, then yeah. Jimmy, then Karen, then me.
3: Yeah, that's my favorite because I was working in pop at the time. Oh, S- still listening to country, but not as much because I was totally in pop trying yeah. to build my own syndication i was talking for the most part but still all i had was pop music around me mm-hmm. but i remember that song because i'd flip over to the country station and out here you get a line i get we'll yeah. go fishing and i was like oh i love that song but the, you know, five car poker. That was that song. I don't have to sing it back to you because you obviously. No, I love
4: know. it. And that's my favorite part of every single show. That and song. singing that part of that song. Yes, because the crowd. Well, the crowd sings that whole song, but at the end of that song, usually that means the show's just about over, and the crowd they'll pick their parts and they'll sing it. It's oh, so much cool. fun.
3: You put that at the end of the show, mostly?
4: Yeah, and we've tried not putting it at the end of the show. We've tried to put it up farther in the show, and then we get to the end of whatever you know we're, we end with, and it's like, oh, nope, we needed to end with boondocks. Every time we experiment on something else,
3: nope. Whenever you guys get your clothes, because you and Karen dress so well. Thank you. Differently, but so well. Thank you. Do they, they loan you this, or are you buying all that stuff? Both. Because holy
4: cow. I know. Listen, Karen has a shopping problem. Everyone knows that, but it's working out really well for me and the rest of the band. <laughs> she um she's got such a gift at fashion and putting things together. So we have it we do things a couple of different ways. When we're on television, usually, we have a stylist out in LA named Carla Welch and she's amazing and she'll put looks for us together for all that. But then for tours and other things, Karen shops and pulls just incredible clothes and then we just kind of i mean we also buy for ourselves she doesn't buy everything but she buys a lot like last night i remember at the last show i was like okay from head to toe i am karen fairchild because <laughs> she bought everything i have on <laughs> but um i love it when she shops for me she'll go out shopping and she'll be like i bought you something i was like Woo-hoo! i love that i love that um and so you know every night when we get ready for the show we have these incredible wardrobe cases, which we used to not have, and now we do, and they're just so amazing. So we keep all our tour clothes in them, and you know, we just all pick out what we want to wear. And sometimes Jimmy will come in our room and he'll go, what color are you all wearing tonight? And so we'll try to coordinate and look like we're going to the same party. But um, Karen pulls a lot of that for us. She picks a lot of that out for us.
3: I am so intrigued because you guys dress so well, but I wonder – if it's on Instagram, do you wear it again or is it dead?
4: I wear it again. Yeah. Yeah, just because that's how I was raised. I just, I just, I don't have a problem wearing it again. Sometimes Karen's like, okay, you need to retire that. You've worn it <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I will wear it again.
3: What's been the biggest surprise in the little big town life? Like the whole, the, the thing you really didn't think was going to work out that ended up going, wow. Why? I Because mean, you were g- working hard, obviously, and grinding mm-hmm. toward that first single. Mm-hmm obviously you expected something to pop or you yeah. wouldn't have continued to do it mm-hmm. what was the big one where you well that was unexpected
4: um, maybe the Pharrell record that we did
3: yeah we got a
4: phone call and I said, loved that record thank you yeah I did thank you that was such a treat to make what a genius he is I, we adore him we got a phone call and they said "Do you want Pharrell wants to write with you like what? For wait, for real? Yeah, heck yeah! So we booked a day with him, and it was a day in Nashville. He came here. It was a day in Nashville where we had a little snowstorm. Storm, and you know how that that goes here. Right.
3: shuts everything shuts down. shuts everything
4: down. Right. We all made it to the studio, and we started writing. We wrote two songs that day, and he said, "Let's come back tomorrow." So we said, "Of course." We came back tomorrow. Wrote another song. You wrote
3: two songs in the same day. Uh huh. That's a lot of songs. That's a lot of day. songs.
4: And with him and Pop pop music, I guess this is pretty common, they write a song, but as they write it, they go ahead and record it. They start tracking it and go ahead and get it down, which we had never done before, and it was so much fun. So at the end of two days, we had three songs written and recorded, and so he said, let's just do this again. And so we said, well, sure. So we started just writing more and more, and every time we wrote, we would get it cut, you know, I, I want to say get it on tape, but you know how that goes. No, that sounds, that sounds like I'm really old. <laughs> but it, before we knew it, we had eight songs written and recorded and we weren't going to do anything with it. But then when we ended up with that many that we loved so much, we thought, wow, wouldn't we put it out? So let's just put it out. And, you know, we weren't like trying to make a statement of that. We're switching teams or anything like that. We just had a ball and he's so musical and we learned so much from him and ended up making a record.
3: I enjoyed the record, and I because you guys did a press tour, too, and Pharrell came by the studio. Yes, that was fun. And, and I loved it, because I'm a big Pharrell fan. Yeah. I'm a, Pharrell's got three different versions of Pharrell. Yes. You know, his big band, his little band, just him. Yeah. And so that was really cool for me. What was frustrating a bit, though, was some of the Nashville old-school country people were like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. How's Little Big Town With Pharrell, that's got to be a little bit unnerving, right?
4: It's a little, almost a little hurtful because we are, to our bones, country. And we, country music is our music. But we love all music. And we, the four of us is such a melting pot of influences. And when we were approached by someone as genius as Pharrell, we could not turn that down. And we were just having fun. We weren't taking ourselves too seriously. We weren't trying to, like I said before, Go pop or change teams. We were just having a ball in the studio, and that's all that was.
3: When you write, are you a melody writer first, or are you a lyric writer? Because, and just for those listening, I have friends that are both, Mm -hmm. and some will sit with a guitar and just do that's a and then insert the words over the melody Mm -hmm. that's written, and Mm -hmm. some will write the words Mm -hmm. and then assign the melody to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. How do you write?
4: Usually, to me personally, it's words that come first. And um, I'll make some notes. You know, I'll, something will come to me, and I'll, oh, I'll be like, oh, i got to write that down before I forget it. And then maybe later I'll work on some more lyric to go with it. And so, so it's usually that that comes first.
3: In the early I mean, days, did all of you guys just sit around and write songs all the time? Mm-hmm. Is that what you did?
4: Every day. Almost. Almost every day the first couple of years we were together. Yeah.
3: So you sat mm-hmm. around
4: not many of them were very good <laughs> well early on they probably weren't yeah
3: i mean that's the story i was talking to ryan hurd who's a songwriter yeah. artist yeah and uh he's married to Marin now but i he, he's like man i wrote some terrible songs yeah, we were talking about it. songwriting i'm such a fan of songwriters mm-hmm. and he's said man i moved to town because he graduated with a, like a sociology degree really wasn't going to do music oh, wow yeah and he's like you know i started writing songs and they were really bad but i thought mm-hmm. i could improve at it mm-hmm He's like, man, they were so bad at the beginning.
4: Yeah, some of ours were too. Some of ours were doozies. <laughs> do
3: you ever keep any of those?
4: Oh yeah. I never listen back. Yeah, yeah. I it, it feels like not long ago, it's usually Philip that pulls out the old songs. He remembers every word, every every melody.
3: Has there ever been a time with all four of you guys where someone said, "Hey, I want to step out and do something by myself"? Mm-mm. That never been a conversation. Mm-mm. Not even as a like a fun one song anything
4: no now Karen and Philip and Jimmy have um, that's that makes that kind of hurts my feelings but the three of them have um, been you know on other pro- like a duet on other projects like Karen and
3: Luke and but stuff but no one's ever wanted to put out a single
4: uh-uh. Mm-mm. we've never ever even talked about it I've actually never even thought about that
3: until right now look look what happened, look what happened <laughs> but
4: though. I'm gonna
2: I start
0: thinking <laughs> now <your>
2: <laughs> little big town week on the Bobby cast
0: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: It's Little Big Town Week on the BobbyCast. When did
3: you think that you were going to be able to turn food into a way for you to actually take your passion and make a living at it?
4: Well, when I was a little tiny girl, I used to pretend like I had a cooking show. And oh would, yeah. Yep. I would stand on a stool in the kitchen with a bowl and a wooden spoon and I would just pretend and I would just talk to nobody and just pretend like I was cooking and I had this really silly voice that I used and I was a chef on a TV show. Um, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, but I did it all the time. And then, you know, that kind of went on the back burner. <laughs> I never even thought about it again until Jason, my manager, called me, um... I don't know, several years ago and said, are you sitting down? And I said, no, but I will. <laughs> and he said, how do you feel about doing a cooking show? And I was like, holy cow, that would be amazing. I mean, it, it had become a dream of mine again because I love to cook. And I, you know, I cook for people a lot and um, I, I love it. It's definitely a passion of mine.
3: As a young girl, would you have rather been a singer or a chef like at 10 years old?
4: At ten years old, I started getting the singing bug, because I'd sung a little bit in church, and then probably eleven, I was probably in my first talent show at eleven, um, and then I really caught the bug. But I always c- still cooked, but cooked, but then I didn't think about cooking as a sh- as a career
3: at that point. When you say you caught the bug, was it because you were looking? Because for me, performing, doing stand up, or being on the radio, I feel like it's a search for some kind of love. Like I really is Like that's mm-hmm. that's I'm terrible at accepting it And so I go and I try to get it from strangers
4: That's back to your therapy
3: department For sure <laughs> For Absolutely And so
4: that's, And that's not funny I'm not laughing no, no, at no, that But I, I, think I know it's precious. it I'm so yeah. self
3: aware of it Yeah And I work on it and Yeah I, But for me That's where the performance comes in Is I'm searching for some sort of validation Or lo- So why you Why did you start with singing? Did, did Were you just so good at it? Did you enjoy it? Were you looking for love?
4: I- no i felt very loved i wasn't looking for love i enjoyed it and i did i did enjoy the the accolade you know and the applause were you
3: really good young Uh,
4: i've I've had a talent but i wasn't like taylor swift good you know when i was little but um yeah everybody around me thought that i was talented which now that probably encouraged me to do another talent show and another talent show and then sing started singing for the rotary club or whoever would have me and my daddy would drive me you know all over the state of georgia whoever would listen to me sing for whatever function it was and um probably the encouragement of that grew my desire
3: and you were good you had a god-given talent too yeah did, was- you, did you take less do you work on it Did you?
4: Um, Not at first. My daddy is a singer and my sister is a singer. Um, So it was always, we always did it. But I started taking voice lessons uh, late in high school and then in college.
3: Is it a thing where, what if one of you guys gets sick? Will you ever fake it, like one of you four, and just move your mouth? Because it's such a full group, but you're probably so strong that maybe you don't have to sing that hard if one of you go down. Have you ever had to do that?
4: Oh yeah, we we've had we've had each of us go down at some point. And we normally have so much fun in a show. We can't wait for the show. It's just the best part of the day. We we can't wait to get out there and do it. But except for the days when somebody's down because then we're each going, "Okay, if it's Karen, then I got to cover her part on this this and this. If it's me, then Karen's got to cover my part. If it's Jimmy, you know, then we're we're all we're not able to just put it on co-pilot and do our thing. We're having to think super hard about, oh, i got to cover that part, i got to cover that part. Yeah, we, it, we've we've had to do it plenty of times.
3: Is there a single text thread that just you four keep? Like one text, one group text? Mm-hmm. That's is it, yeah. is it labeled anything, like us? Uh-uh. Just, it's just it's you just, four?
4: It's just the four of us, you know, yeah.
3: At this point, what do you four talk about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at this point... Let but, me think about the last one. Um... Oh goodness. Because I'm sure there are many one-on-one conversations.
4: Yeah, all the time. But and and Karen and I have the best ones because we get ready together in the same dressing room every night.
3: So those still are the friends. best. You're still yeah. friends like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so rare and awesome. I know.
4: It's really special. And
3: I know you're telling I'm acting a little bit like I don't know that but I know you're telling the truth because I'll see you guys back in the back Yeah, and you're in the same dressing room. We're having fun. You're Mm -hmm. both big stars. You can have your own rooms. You (laughs) can have your own buildings. (laughs) Yeah, whatever you want. (laughs) I don't know about that. You can rent your own You know what we did
4: get this year, which has been such a treat, and um, we've never, ever had this before? We each have our own bus now, and it's been really special. Um, The Westbrooks have a family bus. I have one, and Philip. Now, each of us also has a crew person. Also on our bus, so it's not just our families, but that's been really, really cool and special for our families, you know. But we still spend all the time together and get ready together and spend the whole day together. We park our buses in a little square so that we can all get out there in the mornings in the lounge chairs and watch the babies run around. And um, we're always together.
3: Look at you guys still liking each other. Yeah, we do. Like, I have a staff of eight and you know everybody that i've hired has been a friend Mm -hmm. you know i've been lucky that we did things a weird way as a radio show Mm -hmm. they don't have any money so i just brought my friends on Mm -hmm. and we still like each other yeah you know so as you talk about this it's crazy for me to hear this but i put the mirror up and i go but you know but you know amy and i've been together almost 15 years yeah
4: yeah, it can happen
3: you there are still times like with amy and we have this whiteboard we, we keep up because Amy and I are together more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So we in the, my office there's a whiteboard and we, we walk in and we write down what number we feel like we are that day. One through ten. Oh
4: like s- ten is great. I feel ten great.
3: means I'm fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. in a great mood. If you're down below four, it's like give me a little space. Mm-hmm. And so we write this number down. So we have to fill each other out. It's just like got it, you're a fourth today. I know what something either you didn't get any sleep, maybe it's you know
4: that is so smart. And That's s- so smart.
3: And it saves us any sort of you know, step on each other's toes a bit because you get Uh really close when you spend that much time together. Of course, Saves us fights.
4: That's really cool. Karen and I can read each other's mind. I know when she's a four and when she's a 10 just pretty much by spending about three minutes with her in the morning and she knows that same about me. Um, Are you ever a 10? Oh, yeah. Really? Like 10 is great, right? Yeah, 10 is great. Mm -hmm. A lot. You seem
3: like a super positive person.
4: I'm a 10 a lot. I, I have my moments, you know. I'm real and normal and yeah.
3: I was with your I was one seat back behind your husband and your daughter. We were flying southwest and they're like you. They're so nice. Usually there's a yang. Usually there's, because I feel like if I ever get married, if I ever get a girlfriend, like she has to, I don't have much to say. When I'm not doing this, I'm yeah. very quiet. Mm-hmm. i kind of, love, I'm solitude.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I feel like any time I've ever been with anyone, they're a big personality. They have to be to kind of make up for the fact that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Oddly, I'm not. You know, I do my, my little song and dance and yeah. then I shut it down. Mm-hmm. And so you would think, you would be with like, but he's
4: the no, sweetest he's guy. He's such a sweetheart. No, he, yeah. He's. he's so much sweetheart. so that I thought,
3: is there too much sweetness? Is
4: there too much sugar <laughs> in this tea? No, now he's a tough, he's a tough yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he, he's, he's a, he's strong, but he's beautifully strong. Yeah. You know, he, oh my goodness, he's, the best to me he picked me out out of the darkest deepest hole that i never thought i would escape from and fixed me and is such a beautiful soul inside and out i mean he is an incredible man and you know, now an incredible daddy
3: you know you talk about your kids didn't you have your baby like right After a show Now that I think about it (laughs) Yeah You guys were playing a show
4: (laughs) Yes So we were on the Martina McBride tour Back in 2007 And the tour had Two more weeks left And I had Three more weeks left Of my pregnancy
3: So you're nine months pregnant Yep And you're still up there singing and dancing. Still up there
4: singing and dancing. I was the happy. I wanted a baby my whole life. I wanted to be a mommy. So I was happy as a lark. I loved it. I was huge and happy. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a picture of the night that I went into labor and I was in six or seven inch wedge shoes. I still have the shoes. At nine Um, months pregnant, you're wearing
3: six inch wedges. Mm
4: -hmm. So so the plan was, we'll finish up the Martina McBride tour. In the next two weeks, and I'll have one week to get my house all perfect and ready, and pack my bag for the (laughs) hospital, and I'll have a baby. But the good Lord had a different story, (laughs) so um, we finished up a show on the Martina tour in Phoenix. I wasn't feeling very good that day, but I had a bad cold, so I thought, you know, it's just I'm just not, I'm just tired and very pregnant. So um, I went and got my bunk. After the show something woke me up 2 hours later
3: like a like a cramp
4: you could or say a water, that. Like
3: your water break, yes. <laughs> really? Wow.
4: In my bunk.
3: So you're in a bunk too? At nine months pregnant? Was it a bunk? A special bunk? Oh no!
4: It was. It was the. You know the difference in the bunks. There's the bunks that are like coffins yeah. that are th- stacked three high, and then, then the condo bunks, which are real fancy, and they're amazing. But we were there was 12 of us still on this bus, so I was rolling in and out of the bottom bunk, not able to sit up, har- hardly able to get my belly it was in. It's a coffin bunk. <laughs> it was a coffin at bunk. At nine months. Pregnant. At nine months pregnant. Yeah. And I was on the bottom bottom of the you know the three stacks. So I would
3: just roll in and roll out. And so your water breaks on the bus?
4: Yep. And um, so it shocked me. I mean, it wasn't like the pickle jars in the grocery store. It wasn't that dramatic. But um, So I got up, and I went to the bathroom. And I'm on the bathroom, and I'm freaking out in the bathroom. And then my husband, who was doing merch for us at the time, comes on the bus everybody else is asleep he comes on the bus because he had just finished the merch merchandise and he walked on with one of Martina's guys Well, I'm in the bathroom he doesn't know that and Martina's guy says you really think Kimberly's gonna last for another two weeks till this tour's over and Schlapp was like oh yeah she's gonna be fine She's gonna be fine. She's gonna make it. <laughs> so that guy leaves the bus, and I slammed open the, the bathroom door, and I'm like, oh, Something's happening! Something's happening! I'm freaking out. My whole body is shaking. My chin is going, law, 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 law. <laughs> I can hardly even speak. And he's like, Okay, okay, well, let's call your nurse. So he called my nurse, and she, who did not want me to have this baby out of town, she wanted me to get back to Nashville. So she, she wasn't with you. No, she's here in Nashville. I'm in Phoenix. And she's like, okay, may- maybe it's just, maybe it was just uh, you coughed too hard because of your bad cold and, you know, you know, maybe just a little leakage or something from your bladder. That's just TMI. But anyway, so she said, but you should go to the hospital and get checked out. So everybody's still asleep in the back of the bus. So Schlapp tells the driver, don't tell a soul this, but find us the closest hospital and we're going to need to go get checked out. So he went back in the venue and he asked for the best hospital and they sent him just down the road to this incredible hospital called Banner Australia Hospital in Phoenix, Arizona. And I went in, they took me right in, in the emergency room, and I said to the lady, we just want to get checked out because (laughs) we're going to go back on tour and we have to be in Las Vegas in the morning, so I just want to get checked out and then we're going to go. And she goes, oh honey, you're not going anywhere, you are in labor. And so... Oh, jeez. Uh, and then I really freaked out. I'm like, wait a minute. I have nine more shows to do. I can't have a baby yet. And my mom is not here. Most of all, my mother is across the country in Georgia. So, um, yeah,
3: it happened. How long was your, your labor? 18 hours. Holy it was rough. cow. Yeah, it was 18 rough. hours? Mm-hmm. Did your nurse end up coming from Nashville? Oh, no. Mm-mm. No. So just so you just went and had the baby, just huh? Had the baby. In Phoenix? In Phoenix, at the hospital, yes.
4: <laughs> and um, Schlapp's sister, who lives in Ventura, California, so sweet, she flew in so that she could be there. So when I did deliver, Schlapp walked out and he was able to say to someone, it's a girl, <laughs> you know, otherwise there would have been nobody. But um, the band, so I labored all night. The band came in about 10 o'clock the next morning. And... Um, you know hung out with me for a while and then they had to go because the show must go on so they had to drive to vegas did
3: a show with the Mm -hmm. three of them while you had a baby Mm
4: -hmm. they did nine they had to do nine shows without me those last two weeks and they finished the tour martina tour and we stayed in phoenix for four days and then though the most precious gift this is my husband the most precious gift we're packing up and, we, and the doctor didn't want us flying with Daisy, so we had to bring a bus out. So we were going to ride the bus home 33 hours with a brand-new baby. So we were packing up stuff, and I was kind of nervous about that, but still so excited just to be a mama. And um, as I'm packing up my stuff, getting ready to go, I turned around, and into the room walks my mother. Oh, Schlapp wow. had flown her out to surprise me and ride the bus home with us. We get, we get a mess
3: when you I saw her. was
4: a mess <laughs> I've lost it and she lost it and oh it was just the sweetest. It turned out to be just the most beautiful four days. first slapping me and little Daisy and then my mama. All the way home And that's thirty-three perfect.
3: hours. Back thirty-three Did you get the hours. Bu- the star room. At least or are you still in the? Were you still in the uh, the, the coffin bunk? No,
4: we were in. The, we got the. I think we had the condo bunks on that
3: bus. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. We got a little
4: bit, but Schlapp pulled out one of the um, drawers in the front of the bus and padded it out, and that was Daisy's baby bed, a little drawer.
3: That's cool.
2: <laughs> what a good story. Little Big Town week on the Bobbycast.
0: Okay, quick math.
5: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: It's Little Big Town Week on the BobbyCast.
3: So, wow, that's a really good story. Yeah, it's really How about cool. that? God, I remembered
2: that.
4: Well, I'm glad you did. I, I love that story.
3: Whenever I think about you guys in the past five or six years that I've been here, like I just know you guys as the big, 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 little big, little, big town, mm-hmm. you know, because you guys have really stepped up to that next level where you won all the awards. By the way, I remember when you said my name at the, what was the CMAs? Yeah. I don't remember which one it was. I, now I'm just thinking thinking out loud here.
4: I can't remember which one it was. We were doing the
3: pre-show, pre, uh, and I'd been on the radio. I don't even know what I was doing. I was nuts. I, who knows what I was doing early on. <laughs> and you said, someone said, thank you, Jesus, and said, thank you, Bobby Bones.
4: Yeah, because I told you we would.
3: That, yeah, So and I remember, like, I owe you one. I still remember oh. that in my heart. Like, someday I'm going to get you back,
4: Okay. and I'm going
3: right. to. Something's going to happen That people are going to think I'm cool one day
4: Oh please And I'm going to be
3: able To put it back on you guys but That was that was really cool I was like man These people are the nicest They just said my name On national TV We
4: told you we would That's true
3: You did I forgot all about that Look at all the What's up It was CMAs CMAs was Wow How about that How about that do you, do you know who the Cash Me Outside girl is Do you know who that is Uh uh Oh, never mind Don't know Never look her up Don't Yeah
4: Look get me in trouble If, if Daisy no. gets on my iPad oh, afterwards She probably already
3: knows <laughs> She's the girl that goes Cash me outside How about that See,
4: I'm listening to Elmo and Sesame Street right now, so I don't know the Cash Me Out girl.
3: How how long ago she, Mike? What up? How long ago Cash Me Outside girl? That was like two years
2: ago.
4: Oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> she's not someone oh, well. <laughs> to to look up to. Oh, uh, the I felt like Happy People got a raw deal.
4: Oh, me too. I really thought of. Oh, me too. All of
3: you guys' songs, I really felt like Happy People was the one. Oh, there it is right there. This song was, I was disappointed like in my my gut for this song. Thank you. And
4: thank you for everything you did on air to try to make this a hit for us. I mean, you were the, you were
3: waving the flag. I just didn't understand. Like, I really didn't understand how it wasn't.
4: I don't either. I don't understand. I will tell you in our live show, it's one of the sweetest moments. Because we made a video that I'm so proud of. And it's just a whole bunch of different people with happy smiles on their faces or they're dancing or they're giggling and our kids are in it and it's so special and at our shows um on the breakers tour which just ended we um have this video on the huge screens behind us and I, every night i have just to just turn around and watch it It just makes me happy yeah and and that that sh- that song means a lot to people
3: in the shows in our audience when i just think about you guys i think about that song like one yeah. of the, at first I think about Girl Crush first, but this song, probably second of all your songs. Oh, that's
4: really cool. Because,
3: again, I was so irritated at whatever country radio or country, whatever that is. Like, yeah. I don't even understand it anymore. Yeah. But whatever that is, I was so disappointed in it. Thank you. We I were so that was, disappointed. You guys got such a raw yeah. deal. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. What was, What were they telling you guys? I don't know why. Just. Couldn't get it played. Great message. Yes, it was upbeat. Yes, everything that's supposed to that people say it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. it was. Precious
4: Lori McKenna wrote that, and Haley Witters, and oh yeah, I thought, I thought it was going to be a big song.
3: When you put the last record out, The Breakers, mm-hmm. I mean, critics loved it, like loved it. It it's, wasn't even when you had to struggle. To yeah, get, it was. Was that a normal I, for the critics to just? love a record is rare for someone that's big like you guys
4: yeah that was rare it's my favorite record we've ever done i'm super i'm proud of everything we've done but that record really meant a lot to me um yeah the critical acclaim was really cool and the best we had ever had
3: and not because your other stuff isn't good but you guys had achieved that point of you you're kind of a big deal now and usually when you get to be a big deal you're not as critically loved because the critics go well they're already a big deal Mm -hmm. let me I'll get more clicks by taking a shot Yes, right. than I will by saying something is good. Right. And even with that, that's how you know the record was fantastic because even with that, you guys were getting loved and all the award nominations, even while being a big deal. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank that's, you. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Anyway. Thank you. Um, Thank tell you. me about your cookbook.
4: My cookbook um, is a collection of recipes that have been handed down to me or that I came up with along the way. Some of them are for my cooking show. And um, it's that and then... Pretty much my life story, because the publisher Harper Collins let That's me. That's my publisher too. Oh, love them! You like them? I love, love them, them too. Yeah. Love them. yeah, they really let let gave me a lot of leeway on the book to tell a lot of my life story, which I love. You know, I'm, I'm mostly I'm glad I have that book for Daisy and Dolly because it has so much history of my life and my family and how my parents got together and my grandparents got together and just sweet stories about recipes and, um, so it's it's both. It's a memoir and a cookbook.
3: That's cool. It's cool that you're able to do what you love and then also do what you love while doing it with people you love. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I have any notes. I took notes, but I haven't even been to them yet. Let me see Aww. if I have anything. How do I open this thing up, Mike? So you were born in Cornelia, Georgia. Yep, my little hometown. Okay. Oh, Gussie on Twitter. I know this, but that's an expression. That's like a Southern expression. As, oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Very southern. I'm right about that, right?
4: Oh, Gussie. Yeah, and it can mean so many things. It can mean that you're happy. It can mean that you're mad. It can mean that you're excited.
3: You have... I, I didn't know this. You have a kitchen line, Love and Daisies. Yes. So people can buy it right now? Yeah. Is that a, is that a TV thing where you're on TV? The Home Shopping Network? Yeah, the Home
4: Shopping Network. That Love and Daisies is at the Home Shopping Network, and it's really some really beautiful kitchen things. And then at Cracker Barrel, I also have a line of things that I've had for several years at Cracker Barrel. The coffee mug I brought you is from Cracker Barrel. And um, my daddy makes pottery. And he's a beautiful potter. Some of my greatest treasures are his pieces of pottery. And we have a line at Cracker Barrel called Paw Paw Pottery because we call oh. him Paul Paw. So um, Paw Paw Pottery is at Cracker Barrel.
3: That's cool. Well, well, well. And the name of your book... Oh, can you have to tell me now? If, o- if, I, if it was prepared, it's, it's called O okay, and it. then it's
4: something like the story of Kimberly
3: Schlappman's life yeah, or childhood like, or something, Kim- right? Am I right?
4: Visiting in Kimberly Schlappman's kitchen or I'm something. So like unprepared.
3: That. I thought I would please, just know that.
4: Please don't think you're unprepared. Uh. I didn't even know you weren't dating anymore.
3: Yeah, but you're not supposed to be prepared. You just came over to the house. <laughs> well, listen, I I really appreciate you coming over.
4: You're so welcome, you're, Bobby. You guys
3: are my favorite people. You're one of my favorite people. You're so kind. We, I was standing on the side of the road one day. I don't know if you remember this. I was standing. We were, I was down by Church Street. I was getting my hair cut. Mm-hmm. And you were driving, and I was walking, and you stopped the car. Do you remember seeing me on the side yes, of the road? Yes, I remember. And we looked at each other, and we're like, uh, Yep, we know each other. We gave each other a thumbs up, and <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that was cool. I
4: should have asked you if you needed a ride.
3: No, yeah, I would have never. I mean, yeah, maybe I would have. You're safe. Stranger oh, I'm to danger, safe. though. Yeah, we yeah, no know Stranger danger. Um, well, Thank you very much. You're welcome, thanks Bobby. Thanks for breaking in the studio. This is the first time we've ever done it I'm st- in so the studio. happy
4: that I was able to. Thanks I, for having me. And I have
3: some uh, slap sh- happy bars.
4: You got them downstairs. waiting on you.
3: I know. That's I can't keep anything in the house because I'll eat it.
4: Well, just eat that. I'll and eat be done. one
3: and pass them out. I'll take okay. them to work tomorrow. Take them to work. Tomorrow. All right. Thank you very much. Welcome. All right, we'll see you My next pleasure. time on the Bobbycast, everybody. Be sure to download all Little Big Towns music and buy all the stuff that Kimberly's talking about. <laughs> buy it all. Buy three of them. Buy one for you and one for your cousin and then one for her friend. All right, thanks,
2: guys.